This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we are blessed and fortunate enough to have Miss Patty Lattis with us from AA Lattis Insurance out in California. What's going on, Patty? Oh, not much. Just enjoying the day. It's uh, nice and sunny today. Um, just working along, getting uh, tackling all uh, 2021 goals. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I just saw somebody posted on Facebook uh, that they'd already broken their first 2021 goal. What? How, how about everybody else? Wow. <laughs> Uh, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm good for five days. I mean, I, I can make it five like, days. Like broke their resolution, like like already ended, yeah. already ended uh, dry January or something. Yeah, they're like out. They're like they were gonna do a 75 hard. They did like a three hard, and they're they're already. I did like, a, I did like three hours. I'm on my second day of the 75 hard. Are you doing it? So talk a little bit about that. That's I mean that's interesting to me. I'm a big fan of whole thirty. Um, we've done that. It doesn't have the exercise component and all that to it, but I got to tell you, I've done whole 30 three or four times and we're, we're doing it right now. I'm doing the old whole 25 because we're going to, we're going to Key West at the end of the month and there's a 0% chance I'm going to Key West on whole 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, um, we've done that. I've, and I always feel the best I've ever felt. And it's not even hard for me to do it. You know, people are like, oh, how do you do that? How do you not eat cheese and all of this other stuff for 30 days? And, you know, to me, it's no different than anything else. As long as you plan and you prep, it's a breeze. As someone who has cookie dough flautas every Tuesday after Tijuana Flats and clearly does not diet, what is 75 hard? Yeah. (laughs) No, like seriously, I have no idea what it is. Yeah, no, well, we can explain it uh, later, but I'll tell you <laughs> the reason why I'm doing it. My daughter invited me, and my biggest challenge, like, you can challenge me to do anything about work or business, and I'm not afraid of taking on the challenge, you know, not putting in all the hours that's needed and researching and doing all that. That seems to me like I'm committing not to myself, but to so many other people. So I'm able to do that. But it has, last year I worked on myself and that was like really like putting myself first. 
And one of the biggest challenges for me is that, what, you're going to do something for you? Like I break that all the time. So I, I have broken commitment to myself many, many times. And or tell me that you can't do something. And that's really what I want to do. Because I feel that the reason why I'm even to this point in my position is because many times I was told, you know, you're not going to be able to make it or, you know, someone like yourself, that's not what you're, you know, you weren't set out to win. And so (laughs) I feel like uh, if you tell me that that's something I can do, I will prove you wrong. I will do it. But we're doing it for myself. But anyway, 75 hard. It is really not hard. It was almost like it took me till almost 11 o'clock at night the night before. My daughter had invited me. And I'm thinking, why? Why Why can't I do this? Like, I work out all the time anyway. I sort of watch what I eat, but I do eat whatever I want. Like, I will not limit myself. It's just like portion-wise. So what I, I'm doing it. I The only thing that's hard for me right now is the water intake. Because I'm constantly busy and I, you know, drinking a gallon of water just has you going to the restroom quite a bit. But other than that, I mean, the workout. I, I just went to Walmart and bought myself a catheter so I can go while I'm sitting here and my dad. <laughs> well, that's maybe what I need to do. <laughs> no, I mean, it, that that is tough. And I mean, Kyle's young enough right now that he doesn't he doesn't realize this but when he gets to be my age he's going to be getting up two and three times in the middle of the night to go anyhow so drinking a gallon of water already happens not oh okay well then maybe you'll be five or six times it's not going to be good yeah it's it's crazy so listen talk a little bit patty about how you got into the insurance industry i'm interested in everybody hearing your backstory a little bit and then i want to move into kind of where your agency is now, what you guys are doing, and then ultimately talk about some of the stuff you're doing in your community. Uh, well, just a little bit of a background for me. I was 16 years old, out of my house, uh, left my parents' home, needed uh, to survive, needed a job. And I was pretty good at typing in high school. And I thought, well, shoot, I don't know, I guess I'll get a job in an office. Um, you know, got the register Sunday paper and started looking for office jobs, ended up interviewing at a small insurance agency locally and they hired me and that was the beginning of my career. It's pretty amazing now. At 16. At 16. Pretty wild. At 16, I did have to, you know, just kind of changed the truth a little bit and got some fake IDs and I said I was 18 years old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome that that's what you did with your fake ID because that's not what I did with mine. <laughs> yeah, it was survival, so I actually had to, you know, went for um, um, working, and uh, they asked me to get licensed, and I kept pushing it and just saying, you know, this next month and the following month until I finally was able to do it at the age of eighteen. Uh, but I learned how to write insurance pretty quick. Uh, my first week of working there, I actually wrote my very first policy. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and how confident were you you had done that correctly? I mean, I just can't even imagine. I mean, it's 16. If I'm the one writing it, oh, I don't care. Here, yeah, I wrote that. I got you covered. Just write me the check, blah, 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 blah. I mean, did did you feel like what was running through your head? Looking back now, I think I did a pretty good job. Did I know what I was doing? Absolutely not. 
I will. Well, that's still down. So you're yeah. safe. No, he's, safe. Yeah, that's true. Not just kidding. Not, not by you, but about me sometimes. <laughs> uh, I remember his name. His name was Frank and Marie Garza. And we typed the applications. So I was typing. And we, we quoted, you know, like I'm really good at multiplying and all of that because you, I, I actually figured out the rate with all the factors. You multiply the liability, the UM, the medical, comp collision. So I'm pretty good at that. It's just the underwriting. Um, I mean, someone checked whatever I did for them, and then I just had to type the information onto the application. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So. Typing's the worst. <laughs> Especially on a typewriter. Like, I was going to say, like, not on a computer. I'm good with that. But, like, I remember physically taking typing in school. I My parents had one, and I just thought it was a toy. It was like some relic of the past <laughs> that I would just feed, feed paper into and just <laughs> click around and make a bunch of noise, and that was wow. it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I can't believe how far we've come with that stuff for right. sure. So you're, you're in the agency world today. How long has your agency been in existence at this point? We celebrated 20 years this year. Wow, congratulations. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, we started completely from scratch. I had absolutely... That's, that's like 100 years in human years. <laughs> that's exactly. And sometimes <laughs> it feels like 100 years in real years. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but um, yeah, started from scratch um, by myself. I did have an office with four desks because I knew I was going to grow really quick. I just, you know anticipated that and uh about eight months after we started the agency had my first employee hire my first employee a uh, month after that hire the second employee and um and on and on currently we i have uh, 13 team members good for you mm-hmm. and what's the what's the mix of your business uh i 90 percent personal lines 10 percent commercial and are you guys writing pretty much across the board from a personal lines or do you have like a, a window that's your sweet spot? We write across the board. And I have to say at the very beginning, it was just anyone that walked in the door, you know, we'll find it. I still have a really hard time not accepting business, but we have learned a whole lot of, you know, how quickly, what are we looking for? I would say our sweet spot is just your, you know, um, Auto home really packaged that just it's it's really where what we do, but I think a lot of it is just where you know um, just families truly that family package. No package business in Florida, not even a thing. That's crazy. Yeah, we don't have that ability. I mean, and it's it's getting worse. I talked to a lady today that is one of our um, actually it was Danielle from Little Dog. Yeah. Oh, no, you know what? That's not who it was. Forget it. Brain freeze. <laughs> I was talking to a, a current client. Mm-hmm. And somehow when we originally brought her on, this was actually an interesting interesting move. She had called like an hour and a half after everybody had left the office. I was the only one here. I answered it. She was upset. She had a homeowner's policy. You know, the other agent didn't put the wind mitt in. And so she was being charged almost 50% more than she needed to be. She was upset, wanted to know if I could give her any advice. I said, I sure can. It's called, you need to sign an agent, a record letter, and then I can do it for you. And so <laughs> she, smart. she ended up moving the, the policy over. And all we had to do is get the wind, which she had the wind mitt. The agent just didn't do it. I mean, so I don't feel sorry for them at all. Right. Um, 
but we end up getting it fixed for and all is good. And I get this cryptic message from Raphael earlier today saying, yeah, saying, Hey, uh, you know, this lady, she had bad service at an agency or whatever. I'm like, I remember her. It was just, it was a weird thing. So I, I picked up phone and called her and I said, Hey, um, I'm actually the one you talk to. It's kind of weird because I'm usually not the one you would get on the phone, but we talked. This is what I remember about our conversation. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember now, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I said, you need to strap on your seatbelt because it's getting ready to get real nasty in Florida. I mean, as if it isn't already, you know, we've got all of the things that have happened with wildfires. And even though the storms haven't hit Florida per se, they've hit everywhere else, yeah. you know, the hurricanes. And, you know, it's crazy because you would think, and I don't mean to, I'm not throwing off on the general public by any stretch. I just would have a hard time understanding, like, I don't understand why the average person doesn't realize that insurance companies pay claims out in all 50 states. (laughs) And if they're not making money, it's a whole lot better if they spread that rate increase across all 50 states than it is if they just go to the area that's already economically devastated from catastrophe. Like that would be a horrible model. People don't think that way, right? So they, they don't realize, oh, all these other people have had these horrible things happen to them all year. Now you're asking me to pay more money? Well, it's like I told her, and it wasn't a contentious conversation. I just told her, half the companies are already out of Florida, at least half. And what's left is going to take a rate increase. And we don't even know what that looks like yet because they haven't negotiated the reinsurance treaties and put that into effect. So until we know where the reinsurance layer is going to go, we don't know how bad it's going to be. All I can tell you is the renewal you have with Heritage is about $220 more than it was last year. So for less than 20 bucks a month, if you're getting a renewal, I would go ahead and be perfectly happy with that. Now, we're going to do everything we need to do to market it and go out and make sure that we're validating pricing. But I just wanted to have this conversation yeah. with you so that you knew what to expect and that we weren't just asleep at the wheel because I think that a lot of people who do what I do don't ever take the time to explain it. They don't just tell you, hey, here's here's what the rate is. If you have a little sticker shock, I can understand. Honestly, I get it sometimes too. But let me talk to you about the things that have happened in the last 12 to 18 months and why this is happening. What I have found over the course of my sales career, it doesn't matter what it is that I'm selling. If you can take the time to give somebody the why behind whatever the adverse information is, they're going to buy from you. Yeah. And the reason why is your, your peer group is not doing that. Yeah, I think preempting that situation is huge. I mean, we talk about it a ton and we talk about it on on Shop Talk about communication being the key in order to picking up business and retaining business. And I think especially in the personal lines, things can just kind of get lost in the shuffle um, because there's so many more clients than we would have like, you know, middle market commercial clients. Um well, it's a different servicing too, because it's like I it's like I said to her, I said, I feel bad that it's been almost a year since you and I had that initial conversation. I said, but would you have felt a little bit weird if I showed up at your door six months into your policy just to knock on it and see how you're yeah. doing? Because that's how I would do it with my commercial right. account. You'd freak out if I showed up at your house or if I pick up the phone and call. I mean, we send out monthly emails right. and we do all of those touch points. And I think that you know, it, it's just such a different way to communicate and service an account from what I'm used mm-hmm. to. I actually, some some days when I like personal lines, I actually enjoy the challenge of it because it's actually, you know, 
for me, I like to win. I don't care what it is. You know, if you say, oh, I bet you can't get across that parking lot in five <laughs> seconds, then I'm going to either get across it in five seconds or I'm going to eat pavement trying, right? <laughs> I'm just extremely competitive. And when you get into the personal line stuff, what I found is I have to completely recreate myself in order to sell it because it does, you can't, I cannot go in and sell personal lines like I do a $300,000 commercial account. You just can't do it's a different it. Different value. Different value, different different mentality for the client. Right. Complete different mentality, right? Like what you were saying about people thinking like this uh, events are happening in the you know in the U.S. Like it's going to affect all of us. Well, you being in a different state for us, even people within California that know of all the fires that know of someone going through the fire. They're still like, well, I don't care. That's not my problem. You, you know, why are you raising my my rate? Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not easy. Like I tell my team all the time. I constantly look. I get it. You guys are every single day. All these rate increases from companies every six months. I mean, quite honestly, this COVID thing. The best thing that has come out of it so far is that we have not seen a rate increase in the last you know, nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably won't see one maybe for the next four or five months, at least with the carriers that we have. We know there's one coming up May, June, but, you know, hopefully halfway through the year and we have annual policies, a lot of written annual policies, you know, I had this genius idea at one point to switch 70% of my book to an annual policy. Hmm. And I'm being a bit sarcastic. I don't know how genius that is, but anyway, at this point it, it is what it is. So we're going to be okay not having to talk about a rate increase on auto. But even with that, we, the continuous rate increase on home. For us, it's been like a couple of years. Right. Constantly. So so I'm interested how you ended up, you know, where you're at now. You were with that agency when you, you started 16, I think you said 13 years. And then, you, and then you decided to, you know, go start your own show. How did that happen? What, what, what was there a trigger event or anything or... Um, I'm, I'm interested in your journey. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, my God, she had to start when she was 16 to be able to be in the industry. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you would think you were an 80-year-old woman <laughs> based on your experience, and you're younger than I am. Oh, gosh, thanks. I won't tell you my age. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, I won't tell you. And I wouldn't ask. <laughs> no. It's all good. I, um, You know, I feel – how did I get into – what was my journey – feel that ever since I can remember, I wanted to own a business. Was it insurance? No, probably never even had a clue. But I also didn't have a clue what type of business. I just wanted a business, right? So during my journey um, at the agency, I fell in love with what I did. Truly, somehow, I don't know when, but it clicked. Like, I'm protecting people. I love to hear stories of how people have created their empires. And so especially business clients, I love to hear their story. And for whatever reason, I always ask how they started. And so I knew that I wanted to do that. I approached uh, my, you know, my boss and said, hey, you know, I'd love to, you know, how do I do this? Like, and, you know, I was assured that there was no way I could ever own uh, my own insurance agency business without her support. And so you hear something enough times that I thought, well, that's probably true, you know. And then one of the carriers we had, very particular and uh, very 
a particular way of really appointing, you know, agents. Mm -hmm. And one thing I knew, that's true. I don't have a whole lot of money. I am very good at what I do that I do. I can tell you, and I'm proud of it because I sold, I would say 85 to 90% of our business in that agency. Wow. And I mean, I serviced, I managed, I did payroll, I did it all. So that was my school. And so going on my own um, didn't seem scary at all. Although I didn't know what the heck I was talking about, but it didn't seem scary at all. And uh, I actually met an Allstate agent because remember the 16-year-old the going into work needed a car, but I couldn't tell them how old I was. So right. I ended up right. insuring myself with an Allstate agent um, until I was old enough to be able to move my policy. And we became really good friends. He insured me with life insurance and Throughout life, we just kind of stayed in touch. So out of nowhere, he called me one day and said, Hey, Patty, I sold my book of business with Allstate, and I'm approaching Mercury at this time. And um, would you like to be my partner? Hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> Absolutely. Like those, honestly, like probably like the sky opened up and I could hear all these little angels singing. That's <laughs> 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 how I envisioned that. And I said, oh, my gosh, absolutely. Anyway, long story short, continued on. And um, right before we were ready to sign the contract with Mercury, uh, before we entered the restaurant, I said, George, you're going to hate me for this, but I want to know if I can do this on my own. He's like, what? And I said, yes, I really want to do this on my own. And he said, you know what, Patty? Well, let's ask. And he was such a beautiful, he is such a beautiful human. We walked in there and he, and we asked. And long behold, I was blessed enough where my marketing rep has known me for the past 13 years. And he, uh, he went to battle for me and uh, I got the contract. Nice. That's huge. And I mean, Mercury is a big carrier in California. They, they have a presence here in Tampa too. They're just not appointing anybody. They will, David, if I move over there and then we can do business. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'd get you I'd, I'd get you to the front door and you'd want to do it by yourself. You already told me that. So. Well, I've learned since. <laughs> Just kidding. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, you've done some very intentional things, I know, over the years to grow your business. And one of the reasons why we wanted to have you come on and talk on the show was to talk a little bit about some of the community involvement initiatives that you've had. And, you know, it can be a little bit weird talking about that stuff, but I want to tell you, I want you to talk about it. I don't want you to feel shameful about talking because you're not bragging. You're simply answering my question. But I think it's important because we're in an industry where we have a lot of flexibility. We have a lot of financial strength if we run our businesses right. And because of that, it allows us the opportunity to go out and do a lot of good in the areas that we serve. So, I think that it's a good challenge to other agency principals to hear what people are doing in the community and their agencies. And maybe it will help them think of some things that will help them as they're crafting their strategy for community involvement uh, in the in the upcoming years. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, thank you. This is very dear, dear to my heart, because how did this all come about? I don't know, but the bottom line is I feel that all of us were created for greatness and some of us just have had better opportunities than others. And so I just started thinking, 
how do I give back? Like I've been, I feel honestly extremely blessed. And somehow every team member that I have comes from like a really struggling life. <laughs> and so, hey, you know, no surprise. Um, but doing amazing things here within our office. So my biggest thing is giving back. It's, you know, give what you have, because I feel like all of our gifts and talents were given to us for a reason, and I don't want to go back with all of them. I just want to be able to share whatever. And so it started with not knowing what the heck I wanted to do, but knowing that I wanted to give something. And so truly choosing a, you know, we were choosing any type of a um, company, any uh, nonprofit organization that was doing something out in the community, whether it was a walk or, you know, support, any type of support like that. But I wanted my team to come out and serve and serving, not just in donating, but serving with their own hands. Because my message was many times we think that we have to have money to give back. And you know what? The bottom line is people sometimes just need a smile, just smile, like just go and freaking clean or pack or do something like that. So that's how it all started. Today, I can tell you, for me, education has been big. Um, I, as you can imagine, at 16, dropping out of 10th grade in high school, uh, not having a whole lot of education, but I somehow had figured to come back and continue to educate myself a little bit more. And so I got my GED and went back to junior college and did a few classes. I'm like, I don't need all that. I just need to learn about insurance. And so just continue to do that. So this is the whole thing that we're doing now after a lot of different trials. For me, I lost a brother to um, that was mentally ill, and he was gone. We, were, we didn't know where he was for 18 years. Mm. And so he was homeless. He was mm. homeless. And then one day I just said, you know, during Thanksgiving, like, we have so much to eat. What about giving back to the homeless? And so I started this um event and we put together this hygiene kits and that has a lot of their items that they may need but also we put a lot of dry snacks and packed snacks that they could continue to eat throughout the day and then i invited my team and their the team invited their family and then we literally would go out into the streets and deliver these packages wow and and every year looked a little bit different so this year, we're starting with encouraging kids to read and start them young because ultimately it's our community that we live in and that we come back to. And so I'm doing um, what we are doing as a, as a, as a team. We're doing um, read for bikes. And you know some other agents, agents you know, that are well-known that started this. I really like that. Um, and then we're going to go into what we created, which was the Alley Scholarship. And the Alley Scholarship, we give it to the uh, high schools that are locally, one in Anaheim and then Orange. So we open it up to the high schools within those uh, cities. And then they submit their little, you know, uh, application and why higher education. And I don't, I don't care whether they're going to university or they're going to a trade school to me as a support that you get to continue to do, pursue your dream. If you want to be a mechanic, be a mechanic, go get, you know, learn. So we give away two uh, alley scholarships and then we move on to Pinktober, which is a breast cancer or cancer awareness. And we really want to just inspire, not just us giving back, but clients and, 
And just like my team, knowing that it's in the giving that you receive and we don't do it for that reason, but truly you receive just fulfillment of life. And there, um, I was going to say, as far as the scholarship goes, is it something that they qualify for? Is it just completely random? How does it work? So the, the scholarship, they do have to show that they are enrolled into a higher education, whether it's, you know, a local college, a trade school, university. And we do ask to have a minimum of a 3.0 GPA. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, we want to support those kids that are working hard to, you know, to pursue their, they're putting in the time. Mm-hmm. I don't just, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to just hand over a scholarship. I want to, you know, give it to a deserving student that is working hard. Sure. They submit the application. So truly we cover the names and all of that. And I give them to the team to read. And then they, they, you know, we narrow it down. And then when we have like three and we vote on it based on that. And that's really our process. That's cool. We, so they kind of send in almost like a, a resume or their transcripts. Yeah. Okay. They, they do have to submit that. And we are in contact with the high school. So then we, you know, we let them know, okay, these are the students that we are looking at. And they confirm that, yes, the student did apply or they're enrolled. Mm-hmm. They send us the transcripts. And then they invite us to the night where all the students receive all of, all of the awards. And we bring this huge check and flowers and balloons and, and another check in an envelope. And we hand it over to them. Very cool. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had that question. No, no. Thank you for asking. That's really what we do. It's not that difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, we do, like I said, then for me, the uh, giving back this year, we and we will stick to uh, Breast Cancer Angels. Mm-hmm. The reason why we do Breast Cancer Angels is because they literally help the families. While breast, like cancer completely is just can take, so much from any family, but this uh, organization, they literally help with groceries and all 100% of um, the funds go to the families. Nice. Everyone's nice. a volunteer. And so they get a couple months of, you know, groceries, rent, utilities paid. Um, $1,000 can cover, you know, quite a bit for someone. You know what? A thousand dollars can cover a lot for anybody if you know how to use it the right way. And I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I think sometimes we don't realize that, you know, even giving a little amount and I'm not. OK, number one, I always have to be so careful about what I <laughs> I, it's OK. But I mean, so I guess my question to you would be if you were talking to an agency owner that really doesn't do anything at all in their community right now or does a limited amount. How do they get started? Like, what what was that process like for you? I mean, I know you walked through it, but I mean, what knowing what you know now and the number of years you've been in this industry, what advice would you give to an agency that wants to really give back to the community they're in? Where do they start? Who do they need to talk to? What kind of an investment does it need to look like from a money standpoint or a time standpoint? Any information you want to share, I think people would want to hear. Well, I would say the first thing is to remove yourself from the equation. It has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with with the community. 
So when we, and you're absolutely right. I've talked to so many people thinking, gosh, I don't have enough. Like you're right. A thousand dollars. What is a thousand dollars going to do? I'm going to tell you a thousand dollars can impact like 50 lives. You know, if we're going to put a, you know, a, a price on, on the different items that you can buy. But I would say really, um, don't think of how you're going to feel, what others are going to say, you know, the judgment, all of it, remove it, but rather focus on the impact that the other person will have. And I don't know about you, but when you're having a really hard time, a hard day, and you're just walking and someone happens to smile at you and say, hey, how are you doing today? How quickly, right? We change, like we shift from being like upset to like, okay, I got to say hi to this person and oh, good, <laughs> you know, and you smile. Contagious. Contagious, exactly. So that's literally what I would say to any other agent. What do you want? How have you been impacted? Think of that moment that made a difference in your life and that's it. Go with that. Don't, don't think of the outcome. Don't plan it. Don't think that, well, I, if, if, if I, if I knew that I'm going to impact a association or a person or a place this way, that's when I'll do it. But if I'm not a hundred percent sure, then I won't because you never know the impact that you will cause. Um, this year in November, I happened to share my story, my brother's story with someone else. And they said, oh my gosh, Patty, well, we've been looking to do this. Long story short, I did a quick video. And if you have me on Facebook, I did a quick video. We raised within 12 hours, $5,300 from strangers. I said, it'll take me $20 to give someone a brand new blanket and a hygiene kit. And, and do you want, how many do you want to sponsor? Well, the center where my brother is, they have 130 people. There's two centers, but they run it. The same people run it. I ended up with all that money that not only did we gave them 130 blankets for the people that were there and those kids, we then provided dinner for them. I bought like sacks of 50 pound sacks of beans and rice that will last them for a few months, cereals. Um, I left them with extra packages of shampoo, conditioners, soaps. I mean, we went through all of it. You have no idea. Like the lady was in tears. She could not believe that we were able to put all this together. I had people that I've never known that said, you know, Patty, thank you so much because six months ago I was homeless and I want to give $20 for someone to have a blanket. Wow. So when you, yeah, when you think of, oh, I got to, you know, only, only donate X amount, like $20 made a big difference in someone's life. It's crazy when you break it down that much. And I mean, I think that sometimes we sarcastically tongue in cheek, you know, reference that for, you know, pennies a day or whatever it is, we all know the commercials that we see on TV, Mm -hmm. whether it be for rescuing pets or sending money to Africa to feed kids or whatever else those aren't Saturday night live commercials. Like that's not meant to be comedy and something that you should make Mm -hmm. fun of. Those are legitimate circumstances. My only issue is we got that stuff happening in our own communities. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that we shouldn't help people in foreign countries. Please do not even think about emailing me about that. But what I'm (laughs) telling you is 
we have issues in our own hometowns. We have well, issues in our own country. I can drive literally five minutes from my office right now and see people who need help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think part of it, and we have become so jaded and so cynical as a society. I think social media is partially to blame for that, right? Oh, we don't have for sure. I mean, I look back at when I was a kid, right? We we'd get up every day and go outside and play. Right. And we played until it was time to come home for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we were kicked back out to play all afternoon. And we'd come home <laughs> in time for the afternoon rain, which just happened to be dinner. Yeah. And we'd go back out and play till the streetlights came on. If we got in an argument with somebody, we'd get in a fist fight, sort it out. And we'd play together again later that day or the next day. We were very community oriented. You know, we were we were involved in other people's lives in person. Now you can fulfill that emotional need by going online and interacting with people. Patty, I've never met you before in my life, but I guarantee you that you know I got two dogs last week. I heard, <laughs> I, I saw it, and I mean, I am so excited right? because I'm getting one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's, that's the whole thing. You yeah. wouldn't have known that in 1985. Yeah. Right. And, and we look at how awesome all of these tools are that we have, yet I really think it's done as much damage as it's done good because we don't use them appropriately. So, you know, I think it's I think it's always great when you see people who are able to get money from strangers to fund initiatives in, you know, there's so many good things that can come from it. But, you know, I just think people need to get their heads out of the sand and start looking around. Well, think of that and think of also what it does for our own team. And for me, I mean, I can't say that that was the reason, but at the same time it is because now my team has something to talk about. We have a referral rewards program and it's a constant conversation with our team. This is the impact you're going to have in this people, you know, during this quarter or during this month, everything, all the referrals that come in, and we gather that, um, you know, that money, we're going to give it back to someone. So what I tell my team is, you know, if you don't have the financial means or the time, come on, you're already speaking to clients. If you already did a great job, what do you say? Like, you know, hey, David, you know, uh, is there anything more I can do for you? And you say, no, oh, Patty, you did an excellent job. Thank you. And then I can say, well, let me tell you a little bit about our referral rewards program. And during this month, with for every referral that you send over to us, we are going to donate X amount. And that's it. Everyone is willing to help. So well, oh, and really? here's what's here's what's crazy. We do something similar, and I'm gonna be the first person to publicly admit I need to get my rear end back in gear and get behind this. But we actually have a, a program that we call partner points. And one of the things that that we do in there is So obviously with rebating and everything else, you have to be careful what you do. So our partner points program, you don't even have to be a client. I don't care if you're a client or not. If you want to participate in that, I'll reward you just the same. And so the idea behind it is you go out, you wear our swag and you post on social and you tag us. Or when you see our community oriented posts, like we have flip flop Friday for the summers and Chuck's for a cause in the, in the colder months, like the two months that it's cold here where we wear Chuck Taylor's instead of our gold and blue flip-flops. And we identify a charitable cause that we're going to donate to. And we make some sort of a monetary donation with the idea that we will give our client base points if they post and tag us and, and make create awareness around that. And when they 
hit certain point volumes, we can send them gift cards to Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, any restaurant they want, whatever else. And, you know, I don't need you to be my client to do that. All I'm mm -hmm. trying to do is get my brand out there. And for the charitable causes, all I'm trying to do is make uh, their cause have better awareness. It's not about my brand at that point. Like you said, I'm removing myself from it. So, you know, partner points is wear our swag and help promote my brand from a marketing standpoint. But then also there's components of it to help highlight some of the charitable causes. You know, one of the things that I'm taking from talking to all the agencies that are doing something, I actually own the assets for 10minutemissions.com. And I'm getting ready to take this thing to a completely different level now. So I've never built the website. I've never done anything with the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, or any of that. But my philosophy and where I wanted to go with this, and, and, and I'm at the point now where I'm going to pull the trigger and do it, is we don't need more than 10 minutes to make an impact on anybody's life. How hard would it be for me to go to Costco with my family and for $2.98, I can pick up 40 bottles of water? Okay, $2.98, less than $3. And then I can put that in the back of my car. I can drive to a construction site and toss out cold bottles of water. I can go to where the homeless people are in Tampa and give them cold water, snacks, whatever else. But the idea behind it was I wanted to look at creating some sort of a movement that we could then push to a national scale where people are submitting. Go out with your cell phone. Do something nice for somebody, anybody. I don't care who it is. Get video clips of you doing that. Send it to me. Let me push that out on social. Let me publish that on my website and create this whole community around people doing things that are 10 minutes or less in their community that makes a positive impact on somebody else for absolutely no reason. You don't have to have any reason to do it. I'm just going to get behind it and I'm going to repurpose your idea. I love it. That's Yeah, and, and I mean, I think we can take that and you can challenge your team to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. look, it could be something as simple as I'm at McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever. I get my order. I automatically pay for the order behind me. I pull forward and videotape the expression on that person's face when, you know, the cashier lets them know their order's already been paid for. I mean, any number of things, but I mean, there's so many people are hungry. People need clothes. People Absolutely. need water. I mean, we can meet these needs. We just don't make it a priority to do it. And I'm, I'm the first one in line to say I'm guilty of that. And that changes today. Well, I'm going I'm to take go. it and run with it. And if you know anything at all about me, you know that when I say I'm going to take this thing from 90 to nothing, I'm going to take it from 90 to nothing. Make zero money off of it. This isn't about money. This is about awareness. This is about reach. This is about making an impact and a difference. I have plenty of ways that I can get an income from the different things that I do. This is a way for me to give back and me to challenge other people to give back. And who knows where we can take it from there. Well, thank you. And congratulations. And I believe you. And that's, that, that's ultimately all I'm trying to say. Like, you know, I, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed because I do know a lot of uh, people within our, our own industry that really make a huge impact in the amount of money. And funny thing is when I've walked into like the, you know, breast cancer and any of those organizations with my big check and it's like, you know, a thousand dollars or $1,200 or $869, whatever we raised. And at a moment, I feel like apologizing that I'm bringing only the small amount. But I quickly learned that that small amount adds up. And if we are all doing it, it, it adds up. And like you said, bringing it back to our own communities who are giving us the opportunity to insure them too. Like we are insuring their homes and their auto and their businesses. 
And so why not bring it back to within our own communities? And, you know, for me, the team, it's, it has really created a different environment. And even now when we do interview, I, that is one of the things I always tell my candidates, go to our website, see all the things that we do. We are involved within our community. And if that's something that you don't care to do or that you're not very much into, this may not be the place. Right. Because we will do it. And I don't want anyone to feel forced. And I don't want anyone to feel like, shoot, I got to do something, you know, because everyone's doing it. I tell my team all the time, you can participate if you want to. You don't have to. And at the end of the day, they all join. But other than that... um, it's been very, very rewarding and it's exciting. And I have to say, you know, for many times I've asked myself, is this like making us money? <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. But is it about making money? It really right. isn't. No, not really. No, because that's what you said, David. Like we can make our income in so many other ways. And really, we are so blessed to be in this industry. I yeah. agree. Well, listen, we are uh, coming up on time. I appreciate the fact that you spent some time with us today. I am very much looking forward to seeing how many people go out and take action based off of this series. You're actually the last of the community service agencies that we talked to. And so people, you know, go out and do something good. Let me find out about it and we'll have you on the show so you can talk about it. But I want to hear from people who are doing stuff in their communities as a result of hearing the people like Chris Paradiso and Patty and Bob Klinger and all of these other people. I I could go on for hours naming them literally, but talk about what they've challenged and inspired you to do and then what you did about it. Because the fact is we could have Mother Teresa on this podcast, but if you're not going to listen to what she says, and then go out and act on it. It's a waste of time for you to listen to it and for her to come on. So take some action. Go out. Make a difference in your communities. Patty, I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Tell them how they can find you. And we're going to wrap up. Absolutely. And I have a lot of processes already in place. So please feel free to reach out to me. I can share everything that we've done and we put together to a checklist of what you can do. Uh, my direct line is 657-208-7923. And it is not as difficult as it may sound. It truly is a joy. And it, it beats, you know, talking to someone about a rate increase. It's a lot more fulfilling mm-hmm. and rewarding for sure. Hey, sometimes we need it to offset the other stuff we deal with all day, right? I don't dispute True. that at all. Patty, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate you coming on. And I'm thankful that we got to talk to you and hear about your story and just keep up the good work. You're an inspiration to a lot of people. You don't know this, I don't think, but while we were doing this, I took a screenshot and put it on Facebook to let people know who we were talking to. And the list of agents that are coming on talking about what an awesome person you are is growing by the second. So you have a huge fan base. It's probably going to grow a little bit after they hear you talk today. And we are just honored and humbled to have you here and really appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you for doing this and great work. I mean, thank you so much. I'm honored and I feel very, very blessed to be here with you. Have a happy 2021. And if there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to reach out. Of course. Thank you Take so care. much. Yes, Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. 
You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.